0: Welcome to the LNS Exchange, a podcast about teaching and learning in the College of Letters and Science at UW-Madison. This season, we seek to understand the many dimensions of inclusive teaching in higher education. Join us for perspectives inside the college classroom with insights from leadership, instructors, TAs, students, and instructional support professionals. Today, we are pleased to host a conversation about inclusive teaching with Sharin Malakpur, LNS Associate Dean for Teaching and Learning at UW-Madison, and Eric Wilcotts, Dean of the College of Letters and Science and the Mary C. Jacoby Professor of Astronomy in the Department of Astronomy at UW-Madison. We hope their insights about inclusive teaching help surface your own reflections and stories and start a conversation. Today, I'm your host, David Macasite with the Instructional Design Collaborative, and now on with the podcast.
1: So welcome to the first episode of LNS Exchange. Thank you. It's great. It is great to be here. And thank you for doing this. Of course. This is really, really cool. People here at UW-Madison know you as the Mm -hmm. Dean of the College of Letters and Science, Mm -hmm. a professor of astronomy, as a very engaged instructor. Mm -hmm. I have affection- affectionately call you our Instructor-in-Chief, and I'm gonna stick to that. So I wanna open it up first. Talk about your philosophy of teaching, your passion about teaching.
2: My passion about teaching, I actually really love it. The downside of my current job is I don't get to do it. <laughs> I
1: completely agree, <laughs> right, I right. have the I, same yeah, feelings, yes,
2: yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, sometimes if they let me out of the office, maybe I'll try again, but my, my approach has always been I don't want to give credit to, to a mentor, but but he expressed it in a way that I found to resonate with my approach. He said, challenge our students, but be ready to meet them halfway. And I have sort of always taken that, that approach in in all the classes that I that I teach is I want to be accessible to the students, but I want to challenge them to have to work hard, to have to think about what they're doing. Uh, and so that's been, been sort of my, my, my philosophy. One of the best things a student ever said to me, so walking in the second floor, Sterling Hall, one of the students who was in my intro astronomy class saw me in the hall and, and, and very seriously she looked at me and says, I know what you're trying to do. Well What are you trying you're to trying do? You're trying to make us think. Oh, wow. Like yes, saying, yes. 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 <laughs> yes right. And and so that was that was a sign to me that I was doing the right thing because they they were
1: they were trying to think. So that's my that's my approach. Inclusive teaching, <laughs> if I were to define it, is yes, students are at the center of what we want to do, and uh, now we want to create an environment that every student. Is challenged yep. has ev- everything accessible yes. to them, yep. and they can meet their potential. Right. So thoughts on
2: that. Thoughts on that. So, so we are, we do not have a homogeneous student body. Right. Right. We have a large student body, um, eighty-six hundred freshmen. We have a student body that is coming from almost every county in the state most states in the, in the country. I don't forget how many different countries are represented right. in our student body. We've got students who are coming from a wide range of, of backgrounds. We have students for whom this is the most diverse place they have seen. Mm-hmm. We have students for whom this is the least diverse place they have seen. They have seen. Right. right. All of those students are walking into our classroom. Right. All of those students are here to get a world-class education. We have to make sure that our teaching allows all of those students to be successful. The reason it's important is because of the students that we have. We need to be doing this, right? right. And the more that we can prepare our instructors and help our instructors recognize that and be part of that. And I think the, the, the faculty that we're hiring these days, you know, are coming in with that. You know, if we think about our graduate students, who are sort of, many of whom are future faculty. The issues that they're wrestling with. These are going to be more at the forefront, right? right? And I think folks are coming here wanting, all right, how do how do I do this? How do I do this well, right? How right. do I make sure all my students can be can be successful in all definitions of of what that what that means, right? But you're right. Inclusive teaching is making sure the class is accessible to everybody, making sure everybody understands how they can be successful, understands where where parts of it is in their sweet spot, part of it is where they got to work a little hard, understand that they can ask questions, and there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Uh, and I had, I had a student, one of my best students, she was an undergraduate, you know, awesome student. And I was using the word salient in class. This is a 300-level astronomy class. And I kept using this word. She, It took, finally, <laughs> and I said, oh, yes, that's a really good question. Um, and so get the students in the place where they can ask questions that's, and feel okay about asking questions. Right, that's right. Right. And that, that's really, really critical. I think it's really critical, especially in you know, our disciplines. It's mathematics, where I've taught. astronomy, yeah, it's, physics, it's, it's, STEM disciplines, where frankly not everybody
1: has always felt welcome. Piggybacking on what you said about the words we use, I noticed in my teaching of mathematics, mm-hmm. I was not using fancy words, but I was using words like just, simply, Mm -hmm. Trivial? Oh, this is trivial. This is just a simple Mm -hmm. calculation. And I realized nothing is simple, nothing is trivial, nothing is just. Like avoiding those Mm -hmm. words because if, yes, as an expert who's taught calculus for 20 years, yes, it's just (laughs) a calculation. Obvious, obvious, Obvious. but is it? No, it's it's not.
2: The other thing I'll say is, I think the most obvious example of, of this, for in my teaching, was after the 2016 election, recognizing that there are events that happen in the world that are going on outside of. And I teach astronomy,
1: what right? What does politics have to right. do anything? But
2: recognizing the students are coming right. in to that classroom and with a, different things on their mind. And my ability to carry on talking about and this is how the galaxy is going to evolve. There are external influences on students when they're walking into that classroom on a given day, and be be cognizant of that.
1: So with things happening outside of the classroom, um, I'm reminded of an interaction I had with elementary school mathematics teachers. I was doing a professional development program with them a few years ago. And I had grabbed a problem from a textbook that I thought was a fantastic mathematical Mm -hmm. problem. It had something to do with radius of a circle, and you could do some calculations Mm -hmm. about a circle. Very nice geometry problem. The context of the problem was we have a prisoner who's escaped a prison, and I completely ignored the context. And when it was presented to the teachers, I got called out and said, "Shrin, you could never have this problem presented in the classroom. We have students who, whose parents are incarcerated. Oh. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, oh, yeah. oh my, right. Right. that is so true. I, in the space of teaching, mm-hmm. I think any good instructor would acknowledge that they never s- accept that they're perfect, that they're good. Always. Inter- they always know there's space for yep. growth. Yep. The we all o- everybody has something to offer, and everybody mm-hmm. has something to receive. So I'm wondering how you see the f- this podcast, mm. the initiatives mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're doing f- yep, in yep. teaching and learning administration at the College yep. of Letters and Science for our instructors for the future. Yeah, one of one of the things that I don't think we do well.
2: And and this is in and, and I don't know this is true across the college is talk to each other as instructors about what we're what we're doing. Not so much about, "Oh, I'm teaching astronomy 330 this semester, but I'm sort of struggling with what kind of homework to to create, right. or here's something that I tried in class and it didn't seem to work, right? or what ideas do you have? about? So we need to have more of those conversations, conversations. I, as practitioners right, of this craft. As you say, none of us are perfect. perfect right. We all have something to learn from each other. Uh, and this is a great forum to be able to do that. Right? right? And so I think the more that we can share, the more that we can learn from each other, get ideas out there that people can try, suggest their own ideas. Yes. Say, I would, I would find great if there's an instructor who says, "Hey, you! Know, I heard something on on that podcast, and I'm going to try it
1: in my class." Thinking about the next two or three years, mm-hmm. what excites you about the future of LNS? And I'm going to be uh, selfish and say, in the space of teaching, teaching and, and I, learning, I, I think the and I, I had a
2: conversation yesterday, and this is this is something that excites me, but also. Me a little terrified with the growth of AI. ChatGPT. Chat GPT What excites me about it is it challenges us as instructors to adapt, to think creatively, to think with innovation about how we are teaching. Right. That's that's the exciting part. The terrifying part is Oh my goodness! This is, how do I write, how do I assign an essay question anymore? How do I? It, there, there's terrifying parts of it, right. but I think that the, the exciting part is boy, there's a
1: new there's a new technology. There there are new tools. We have to adapt to that. So our, my last question is something that we plan to ask all of our guests, mm-hmm. which is something a move movies, TV shows, books, something that. D- these days is on your mind. You're excited about something different. So many
2: places I could go with this, but I, I do. I was gonna. So, couple, couple things. We were talking about sports earlier. Uh, yeah, as many people know. Right, right. You are I'm from uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my car. That that has the Eagles and the Phillies and the Flyers magnet on it, and so. The Eagles are doing really well this year, so I'm excited about that. But the other thing is, is and as uh, I took up curling about four years ago, uh, and so it's awesome. All right. And I feel myself getting a little bit better. All right, Yeah, I feel like, I, you know, but it is a it is a complicated game. But it is, it's really fun. And the cool thing about it, it's incredibly social. And it's an opportunity that I think a lot of us don't necessarily get being at a university to really interact with the broad population <laughs> in the community around us. And so that's a, that's part of the fun. It's a frustrating game because yeah. you try to make a shot and it doesn't work or and you go what did I do wrong? <laughs> but there are times when you make that shot. And it's also the only it's it's my last best chance of making the Olympics I'm not going to get there, that's but <laughs> you do have the opportunity actually to compete against Olympians. So so that that's kind of that's kind of fun.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We greatly appreciate you coming to the studios for this. Appreciate it. Thank
2: Thank you. you.
0: Do you have an insight or a story about inclusive teaching? We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a voice message using Anchor FM. More information and links are in the description and on our website. Now, the after show a conversation with members of the Instructional Design Collaborative, the campus community, and you, our listeners, where we raise questions, surface key ideas, and continue a conversation.
3: I really appreciated the quote from Dean Wilcox was when he was talking about, I think, a mentor who said something about challenging your students and being ready to meet them halfway. That, to me, I think, seems like it, it really made an impact on him and kind of his his image as a teacher and and something that he still carries with him. But it had me thinking about, okay, what are the moments in my teaching experience where I've you know met my students, right? Where I've had some of that flexibility. I can think of a few um even just things like being willing to work with students individually to to customize an assignment in a certain way, things that made me aware of, I guess, assumptions I was making about how I taught based on how I preferred to learn. I would love to hear from listeners if there are things that 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 they thought of or, or things that they've wanted to do to try to meet their students and, and haven't maybe been able to try out yet.
0: I've mentioned that story before, where a student came in and was sleeping in class. There's two perspectives kind of sitting on my shoulders. Like one is that historical, harsh perspective that I was subject to as a student that like, this is so disrespectful, like I should say something or do something. And then the other perspective is don't judge, like you don't know, think about what might be happening in that student's life. And so because I felt I had the permission to take that approach, and to like shed some of the ego that i was probably carrying around in the moment after class he came up and was like hey teach i've got a concussion and you know i was heartened that he trusted me to come to class to share that with me and you know asked how if he had you know told his mom and you know we had a, a nice moment of empathy and communication But I don't think that that would have been possible if I didn't have some alternative approach in my mind to some of the things that I experienced as a student.
3: I think that's a great illustration of the idea that meeting students halfway is really not just small choices that you make in the moment. like That can be what's visible, but it really is about changing some of your internal dialogue and your mindset about the assumptions that you're making in any given situation.
4: I think the other key moment for me was when Sharin was talking about real-life examples of minimization in terms of even just simple language that's used. And I guess I can think about that across, like, it's certainly relevant to teaching, but it's relevant to, like, any interaction you're having with with somebody and just, um, there I go, just not trivializing anything.
3: Yeah. Can I add to that? When I was first teaching actually as a librarian, something that was really, I guess, kind of popular at the time was like the idea of a threshold concept, Mm -hmm. which I don't, I don't know if I have the definition totally correct. So listeners, please correct me if I don't. But I think of it as something that once you learn it, you have trouble remembering what it was like to not know how to do it. I don't know what are there things like that that you all think of that fit into that category or, or things from from your own teaching maybe?
5: Um, So from my experience, I experienced that a lot as a language instructor, that they're even just with just, there it is again, Mm -hmm. with vocabulary, there are words that to me, I just know what they mean. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it means that and I don't have to think through the process of translation. For students, I would have to go back to some of the things that I learned even as a child, some of the tricks for memorizing vocabulary to help my students. And it actually made it more fun though. That was one of the things that I enjoyed about, about language teaching was thinking about, oh, these things that are now obvious to me, but when you explain them to a novice, it can be fun to think about why is it that way?
4: As I've been sitting here thinking about being able to unlearn something, and I think even just being in a higher education setting is something that those of us who are here every day can lose sight of that as a transition in someone's life. And like we we do a lot at this campus with that kind of thing, with the the first year experience, like the set of programming that would help students make that transition. But each individual in each class is going through that in a probably a little bit different way. You can lose sight of that really, really quickly.
3: I love, I think, actually both Molly and what you said and Jonathan and what you said, there's something about like capturing the enthusiasm of students, remembering what it was like to be new to campus, but also maybe remembering what it was like to not be confident. So I, I one
5: thing that I've always appreciated about the Wisconsin experience, which is sort of our branded four mm-hmm. pillars, is that it contains both confidence and humility. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that that's a a really great combination of, and curiosity too, is in there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that combination of knowing what you don't know but then also knowing what you do know and being able to ask questions, which is something that Dean Wilcott's brought up, that he he likes to see when students are asking questions and thinking that's that's something that hopefully we're all striving for is 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 building students who who have confidence but then are also able to continue
4: growing. I even think I like that you brought back the Wisconsin experience in those four pillars because I the, the in the two that you mentioned. Uh, I think even as we maybe land this podcast, the thing that I think about and what we're trying to do with it has to do with like, we're we're trying to bring some ideas and we're trying to bring in some experts who are confident in something. And also hopefully having an audience that is eager to learn and like the humility part of that, like knowing that there's there's room for everybody to improve. Like uh, th- The tagline that we've been ex- uh, experimenting with is everybody has something to offer, everybody has something to learn. So to me, that's what's exciting about where we're going with all of this. I, I'm, I'm curious to learn from everybody who hopefully will join us in participating in what we what we have for the rest of this season and, and hopefully allowing it to grow over time.
0: And coming up this season, we have a number of exciting guests and interesting topics. We'll explore how inclusive teaching intersects with well-being
2: Don't think that we're going to tell you what flourishing is. We're going to ask you to examine for yourself what flourishing is, we say to the students. We are going to present some of what we think are the key ingredients for flourishing that we think really apply across many different contexts, many different kinds of cultures.
0: We'll receive advice about how to handle controversial topics in the classroom. On the second page of my syllabus, I have a terminology note. And the first thing I say about my terminology note is it's already outdated, right? Like, this is a continual work in progress that I can show you a syllabus, and sometimes students ask to see it, from 10 years ago. And my terminology note looks radically different. And we'll look at inclusivity in advance of the first day of class.
3: Yeah, that's going to be my main goal, figuring out how to talk to them about whatever feelings of unpreparedness they might have. I think, I think students struggle with that and, and you know one of the things I'm always trying to communicate is that you can only learn from wherever you are, right? There's no way to jump ahead of the, you know you have whatever skills you have and that's going to be true today. That's going to be true tomorrow until you take the next step to further those skills.
0: The exchange podcast is brought to you by LNS Teaching and Learning Administration and produced by the Instructional Design Collaborative. The after-show guests were Jonathan Klein, Laura Schmidley, Molly Harris, and me, David Macasite. This season, The Exchange Podcast will be back monthly, and we encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anchor.fm. You can find transcripts and show notes on our website. Link in the description. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a great semester, and until the next episode, On Wisconsin.